0: Hello and welcome to In Conversation, a Dub Lab podcast where each week we will bring you interviews from the Dub Lab radio archives.
1: Hey, you're listening to She Said So LA Radio. We're back for our first show of the year, and we have the most exciting guest today. We have the beautiful Sancho with us today. Hello, hello. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. You can't see it, but she's looking lovely (laughs) in our uh, twilight sunset. I think that's the light that we chose for today. It might be Savannah sunset. Mm. Yeah, it's nice. It goes well with the red lipstick. Yes. So thank you for coming (laughs) in the coolest outfit ever. Thank
0: you, my day drag. (laughs) You look lovely. So,
1: I'll start out with a little bio so you guys know what we're talking about here. Um, So, Sancho is a singer songwriter based in the city of Angels, increasingly known for her visceral and explosive live performances. Her name, derived from the Spanish word Sancho, which translates to mistress, is a mischievous reference to the title of San given to male saints in the Catholic tradition. Fans of cumbia and punk, bolero and electro flock to see Sanchez's emotional renditions of traditional Mexican rancheras and original songs that are queer conventions of identity, power, and love. Her striking striking stage presence is accompanied by the one-of-a-kind garments she adorns, such as the one she's wearing today. (laughs) Um, Aesthetic reflections of the years spent performing in drag and club scenes in the Bay. Sancho was the headlining act of the kickoff of the 2019 Red Bull Music Festival, with recent performances at the Getty Museum, TBA Fest... Levitt Pavilion, Hoko Fest, Sonido Clash Music Festival, and Santa Monica Pier. Her latest album, La Luz de la Esperanza is written in the form of a surrealist telenovela. Oh, it's so epic. (laughs) And sounds like what Pitchfork described as modernized ranchera with a rock edge and goth sensibility, which is the coolest sentence I've ever heard. (laughs) 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 Effortlessly mixing Spanish and English, La Luz de la Esperanza calls for a bold confrontation of tradition while respectfully honoring it.
2: Welcome, Santa.
1: That's Thank one of it. the Said best so bios video. we've had also. <laughs> yeah, A lot of great words. Visceral. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> so, Sandra,
2: explain to our listeners the origin story of your name. What, like, where did you get that name? Like, how old were you when you came across that word? Um, what does it, it mean to you?
0: It was like 2009 or 2008, and my Filipino friend um, was saying that her her boyfriend was calling my gay best friend and her gay best friend the Sancho, and she was telling my mom this, and my mom was like, "You don't know what a Sancho is," <laughs> and so she was explaining to my friend what a Sancho is, which is um like the the side man, you know, the side piece, <laughs> um, and she finally like like realized what that was, but then I wrote wrote it down real quick and I like separated the words, mm-hmm. and. For some reason, like, that just, like, came to me then. Um, and then it maybe a couple months later, I was like, well, that's going to be my name, you oh, know? Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about it as, like, like, San is, like, San Francisco, San Jose. Mm-hmm. Um, San Antonio, you know, it's, like, a male saint, mm-hmm. like the prefix. Um, so I was thinking of it in, in like, the way that saints kind of play, like like, a side person part to, like, the way... We um, revere like Jesus or things like that, you know, Mm -hmm. like um, the Catholic religion is supposed to be monotheistic, but there's still all these saints that you Mm -hmm. pray to for specific things. So so I Mm -hmm. was thinking of it that way, like in a religious context.
2: Did it in any way feel like you were reclaiming that word too?
0: Um, I guess I didn't think about it so deep at that time, but yeah. At this point now, Mm -hmm. you feel like, yeah, that's the case for you? Yeah, Mm -hmm. especially being, like, growing up so Catholic and believing it for such a long time. And then, like, realizing that that all of this is not a fact. Right. You know, all Mm. these things aren't factual.
1: Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard realization. Mm -hmm. So you grew up in a traditional Mexican household. How did that shape you into the person you are now? And what were some traditions you felt like you had to break through to truly be yourself?
0: Um, well, the thing, the thing that, um, that I was taught to do was to be a housewife. So, Mm. um, everything in my life has been like how to be a good housewife, like how to dress like a good, like, like good woman, how to, you know, clean, how to cook, which like cleaning and cooking is good for yourself, Mm -hmm. but, um, that's something I had to rebel against for a long time. And, you know, like looking feminine also to me was like, I didn't want to do it. I wanted to be in like baseball caps and like Mm -hmm. jeans and stuff like that. And I was kind of forced into being feminine um, because I'd get grounded and I had to wear like dresses for a whole week.
1: Mm. Um, That was the punishment? Yeah.
0: Wow. So now I feel like. And I think my mom notices this, that I'm kind of, I feel like a drag queen, and I like it now, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm femme, but it's a performance, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's like, like something that now I like to do. Now I like to wear dresses. I like mm-hmm. to, you know look a little crazy, and my mom still doesn't like it, so. (laughs) Can't
1: win. Yeah. (laughs) But now at least you're doing it because you want to do it, not because you're grounded and you have to do it. (laughs) For a whole week. such an interesting thing. Yeah. That's such a frustrating dynamic, like, yeah, it's great to know how to cook, that's an awesome skill, it's an Mm -hmm. awesome skill to, like, be cleanly, but it shouldn't be on, like, the woman, that shouldn't be the woman's role, you know? Right, Mm right. So frustrating.
2: So, uh, music has seemed to be a huge part of your life growing Mm up up, when did you really take it seriously and think, this is what I want to do professionally?
0: I feel like I've been so serious about it since Since I started. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I just never told people I was so shy. Um, but when I was 12, I joined the church choir Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and that's when I actually started singing in public spaces. And, um, but I was always very clear about what I wanted to do. I was like... I just want to sing. Mm-hmm. That's all I want to do.
2: Yeah, and that's amazing when you have that sensibility from a very early age yeah. and you like have a very strong understanding of mm-hmm. yourself and what you want to do because a lot of people, you know, they have to experiment and try different things mm-hmm. and like really figure yeah. themselves out, but from, when you have it from a young age you re- and you really know, you just go for it. Mm-hmm. So that's really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. you've been preparing your whole life for this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All
2: right, let's take a quick break. We're going to listen to some more music from Santa's playlist, which is absolutely beautiful. I'm, I'm jamming. And you're jamming. <laughs> well, we will be right back with Santa in just a few.
1: And you're listening to She Said So L.A. Radio with our amazing guest, Sancha, here. Wow, mm. I'm loving this playlist. Yay! And it was really fitting our conversation we were having earlier, so mm. how did you know?
0: <laughs> Psychic. Uh-huh. All the cancer moon energy. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we yeah, found out
1: the three of us are all cancer moons. So we're all going to get real emotional <laughs> real, real fast. Mm. Um, So anyway, tell us a little bit about your initial exposure to traditional ranch music. And what it's important—excuse me—what it's important is to you, and as a contemporary
0: musician. I mean, my whole life, my dad's been playing Vicente Fernández records and José Alfredo Jiménez, which is José Alfredo Jiménez is one of like the big songwriters mm-hmm. um, that wrote a lot of these classic songs that people sing over and over and over again. Um, so. You know, at that time, it was, like, I thought it was just men singing it. And mm-hmm. then at a certain point, maybe while I was in college, they bought, like, these CDs that had, you know, all these women on it, like mm-hmm. Lola Beltran, Amalia Mendoza, who we played. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I started, like, hearing, like, the emotion, you wow. know, and hearing some people that kind of sounded like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time... I would try to sing in in that way, but it was very different, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I was trying to sing, like, Shakira or something. (laughs) 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 Which, like, I mean, whatever. It was Shakira when she was a rocker.
1: (laughs) She's got a crazy interesting voice. She does. (laughs)
0: Um, So it didn't work out so much at that time, or at least I didn't want to do it in public, you know? Mm -hmm. It was just something that I loved to listen to. And then I left to Mexico from the Bay in 2014, Mm -hmm. and um, I left all distraught and stuff. And um, my aunt was like, Everyone sucks, and obviously, everyone sucks because you're here, and um, obviously, what you were doing was not working, and you should sing danceras. And she was like, "I don't know what kind of weird ass music you're singing, but <laughs> you need to change that." And I was like, "Whatever, thea, give me your iPod like i'll I'll play some songs for you." And I learned a couple a, a couple songs like she asked me to sing a couple songs, and mm-hmm. then I looked through her her iPod and then chose my favorite ones, mm-hmm. and I made a little c d and then um she passed it to my other Thea and she knew a priest and then like there was this like long line of things <laughs> the priest blessed the Yeah and exactly <laughs> <laughs> and they all just like loved it and wanted it and every time they had people over they would ask me to sing for them too mm-hmm. and i was like okay i guess this works you know yeah. and then um and then i was like yeah you know i came here and i'm going to go to mexico city because that's where i'm going to find like like people that are like me, you mm-hmm. know? And I went and I um I had this neighbor, we both lived in like the rooftop rooms uh-huh. and um he was singing um like in the center and like the big hipster neighborhoods mm-hmm. and he'd go and he he'd be like, Oh, we only have to learn three songs and then we just like move from restaurant to restaurant <laughs> and make money that <laughs> way. Three songs, yeah. And we were doing that and like singing like in big public taco spaces and stuff like that um but somehow like that made everything click like where Mm -hmm. I had to project and like really just get my voice out you know Mm -hmm. to like a whole huge huge community that wasn't paying attention to me you know um and that's that's where it really started um and then my parents always asked me to sing for them at every single party oh my gosh Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's amazing Yeah, and I never like to do things the way that they're supposed to be done so I like to mix you know things that I know or things that I don't even know so well um just yeah trying to figure it out on my own like I made an album out there without the internet with logic and I didn't know how to use logic um
1: Hey, that's the best way to learn, yeah. how by fire.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, and just thinking about all the things I like, like cumbia rhythms and rancheras. and um, But also I like to scream and like how to get that energy into a recording. And, um, yeah, just mixing everything without thinking about that they all come from different places. Yeah. They really don't, you know?
2: Yeah and once you understand the history of music you just see that there's so many through lines with everything mm-hmm. So you released your first EP, Capriccio del Diablo, mm-hmm. and you performed the 2019 Red Bull Music Festival mm-hmm. last year. And it was this I'm multi-act so mad, novella, yeah. if, if I understand correctly. I wish I would seen it because it sounds so fascinating. And the performance was really well-received here mm-hmm. in the L.A. community. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Like, what, what led you to stage that show as a multi-act novella?
0: Um... Well, so that idea that I had for this telenovela, um, I had since I left from the Bay to Mexico, and supposedly I was going to go and finish that while I was in Mexico mm-hmm. and then realised that that was like a bigger project than I even knew. Mm-hmm. But I knew that if it was going to be a telenovela, it had to have huge dresses, and I'm not a fashion designer, so I was like, I obviously have to have people and, like, more collaborators with Mm -hmm. me, you know? So um, I wrote the songs that are in Capricho del Diablo. I wrote, like, nine songs, like, a demos kind of thing. Um, And I came out with that instead. And I kind of finished the story to the telenovela. um, But then I just kept writing, like, little songs here and there and, like, pieces of songs, not even anything finished. And in... 2018 in December, Red Bull asked me to um, open up their festival, and they were like, you're going to perform at this church. And Mm -hmm. they said, give us a proposal. You're going to get it, but just give us a proposal. And I was like, well, I have this thing that I've been thinking about for a long time, this telenovela, and I always imagined it as music videos. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, well, duh, it has to be that. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do at this church. And... um, I have this longtime friend who's one of the people that kind of inspired the telenovela. Um, And I went back to him, and I was like, "Um, you need to help me with this. And he was like, well, first of all, you need to put this in, like, a Google Doc. (laughs) And I was like, ew, I don't do those things. (laughs) I'm on a Google Doc right now. (laughs) (laughs) But then I did it, and basically it's like I put every piece of a song with the... um, scene in the story Mm -hmm. and then it was like 16 or 17 songs at first and Mm. it dropped down to 13 so in from december to february i had to finish writing 13 tracks um (laughs) learn them with the seven piece band and then we did choreography we did visuals for the (laughs) entire for the entire thing um and yeah there was like the whole story and then my friend Olima did all the dresses and I, oh. I've i al- already been working with Olima for a long time, mm-hmm. but this is the first time that I was like, hey, here's a budget. Wow.
2: <laughs> oh man, you that must sounds have been busy. busy sounds oh yeah. Like yeah it. Especially in such a short period of time too, having to do all of that yeah. and then work with like rehearse with a seven piece band and choreograph and mm-hmm. everything. That's oh. intense. Yeah. But you did it. So that experience, did you feel like it <laughs> came out to be what you had envisioned it to be?
0: Yeah, I mean, it even came out to be like things that I didn't envision because I didn't envision it to be a live performance. Mm-hmm. Um but it was it was everything I wanted. Like we used up the whole church. Oh. I was in I wasn't even myself. I was this character <laughs> named Dolores. Oh my gosh. Um, full
1: method. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it just it was really magical
1: yeah it sounds beautiful It sounds magical i'm so mad i wasn't there that sounds truly epic in every sense of the word yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so going back to what we sort of discussed earlier you mentioned this um we were you were living in sf Mm -hmm. and you hosted a monthly goth industrial punk drag party called dark room um was it called dark room
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: okay cool and can you tell us a little bit about this event series and how it came about and do you have any desire to do something like that again maybe in LA?
0: Well, I was um I was like one of the hosts that were paid to mm-hmm. be there and dress up and stuff like that. Um but when when I first started doing it, I got booked as like like to sing. Uh-huh. And that's where I met one of my best friends and all the drag queens look like like ghosts basically <laughs> or like you know these <laughs> creepy something but then This sounds amazing. <laughs> It moved into, like, a, a bigger nightclub, and then it turned very, like... Like, everyone was a dom that worked here, that went there, mm-hmm. and um, it was... it when In the beginning, it was, like, a very freeing space for me, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is where I belong. Um, but then it just turned, like, more... It seemed, like, uh, predictable, mm. and then it turned just very white, and that's actually what made me want to leave the Bay Area because I was like, "Oh, I'm making I'm making music here, but I don't have the musicians to play like cumbias with me. I don't mm-hmm. have the musicians to mix all of the things that I want, mm-hmm. that I desire." Um, so, I I mostly was in it like to to be an entertainer, and I was kind of like a pseudo club kid and all these things Mm -hmm. and those are all the things i didn't want to do anymore Mm -hmm. um but then i came to la and i found like mustache mondays which was like (laughs) something i had been a, a fan of for like such a long time like we would come and visit la and if we were here on a monday we'd go to mustache and I got to meet Nacho, who recently passed, mm-hmm. but Nacho was the one who threw Mustache, and mm-hmm. he had me work for him for about a year, and then he turned into one of my co-managers. Oh, wow. And so that was, like, Darkroom Room, in, in a certain way, was like, I wanted, what I really wanted to be was at Mustache, and then mm-hmm. I met this person here in L.A., Rudy, who also does this party, Scum, mm-hmm. and I think that party was... The parties kind of are a place where you meet different people of different like, like at Mustache we'd meet designers and we'd meet other musicians and mm-hmm. producers and you know all these different visual and and musical talents yeah, and stuff like then we all people. yeah and all these creative people um, different age groups at Scum Two and it's just about mixing like it turns out to be like, kind of like an underground um, gem, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was cool to be a part of that. Um, That's awesome. But now I don't have energy for that. (laughs) I need to sleep. It take <laughs> a lot of
1: energy. Yeah. Sleeping is great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very underrated. <laughs> very underrated. I'm mm-hmm. appreciating it more and more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: All right. Let's take a quick break, listen to some more of this beautiful music, and we will be back very shortly with our interview with Sancha. <laughs>
3: El amor que ya pasado no se debe recordar Fui la ilusión de tu vida, un día dejarnos ya Hoy represento el pasado, no me puedo comer. te importa que te ames Si tú no me quieres ya El amor que ya ha pasado No se debe recordar Fui la ilusión de tu vida Un día lejano ya Hoy represento alcanzar Tú me quisieras lo mismo Que veinte años atrás Con qué tristeza miramos Un amor que se nos va Es un pedazo del alma Que se arranca sin piedad allow
1: Right. to She Said So L.A. Radio. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I'm loving this track. What song is this so everyone knows? This is Savila, Cántame. They're from
0: Portland. Oh,
2: amazing. amazing. Mm-hmm. So... Your latest full-length album, La Luz de la Esperanza, is your Mm -hmm. own version of a telenovela and I know we talked about that a little bit, but um, it it feels very much of this time and I feel like your voice really speaks for the voiceless in the sense that there are so many things that I feel like most people have difficulty talking about, but Mm -hmm. I feel like you kind of put that in the forefront, which is Mm -hmm. amazing. Um, So uh, tell us a little bit about this imaginary telenovela that you created and what your hopes are for the future of this type of storytelling.
0: Um so the telenovela is is actually like very personal, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's about very personal things that I just make very dramatic. I guess it's the very Cancer moon thing in myself. <laughs> um hey, life
1: can be very dramatic, uh-huh. okay?
0: <laughs> and um You know, it's like a a queer retelling, um, because, you know, I never saw that in my Mexican telenovelas Mm -hmm. that I watched. Um, I've been seeing them growing up and the way we perform a lot of the times mimics telenovelas. So, um, I know Rosalia also came out with the telenovela, Mm -hmm. but it was also, um, hers was like a remake of a 14th century telenovela Mm -hmm. and, um... What I am doing is just writing a whole story, and I, I don't know about other people. I just do it for myself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I hope it inspires people to mostly make, make everything a story, mm-hmm. you know? Like, with everything that I do, I mostly have a narrative, like an entire mm-hmm. narrative in my head, and that's what I don't see a lot is I don't see a story very much. Yeah. And I would like to see more stories.
1: Mm -hmm. Have you had anybody reach out to you
2: personally and say that it's touched them in a way or that they feel like it spoke to them?
0: Um, You know, the most important thing that I've seen is... um, like queer brown kids connecting with their moms mm. and their Thias and that's like the kind of thing that makes me emotional wow. and like this is really bridging the age gaps mm-hmm. and the um really and also powerful. being queer and being brown kind of alienates you from your family a lot of the times mm-hmm. um and so for me like this is very important you know very important that this has that effect yeah
1: It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's really beautiful. Well, I mean, not as deep of a question, but I really want to (laughs) know. I mean, we talked about it a little bit already. Sorry, I'm paying footsie with Phoebe over here. Let's <laughs> all uh, so get in on it. Um, so fashion seems to be a huge part of your life and your artistry. Mm-hmm. You're known for your one-of-a-kind garments. I just Instagram stalked you and was almost <laughs> fell on the floor looking at some of these dresses that you wear. So can you tell us a little bit about your process that you go through to put these looks together? Maybe tell us about uh-huh. your friend who you said is the yeah. designer. And do you make any clothes yourself as
0: well? Oh, no. I hate sewing. Oh, oh my, my God. <laughs> I always hate, stab myself. So. <laughs> I hate anything tedious like that. I have no patience. Um, <laughs> but my friend Olima, I'm, I met him through one of my best friends that I've known since I was 11. And that best friend moved here like four years before I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was friends with Olima. And so as soon as I got here, I, I started hanging out with Olima. And um, but it wasn't until two years ago that he started making me custom Mm. um, because I finally got some budgets you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but he's been helping me in in little ways like he'll take me to Goodwill like when I was really really broke Mm -hmm. he'd take me to Goodwill get me shoes get me little dresses he would let me borrow whatever he had for other people or things that he had for his fashion collections Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and a lot of things wouldn't fit me so he just we just work it out you know mm-hmm. um but when it when it comes to like making these garments that um i now wear all the time um we're always talking about things we have like a whole like um photo collection that we share on our phones and he's always like very inspired like he's just one of my best friends you know and, That's and so it's great really to easy to work with
1: someone you're so close with yeah, yeah.
0: And it's it's just, like, a very natural process. He'll be like, oh, what do you think of this? Like, oh, now we should go shorter. Like, we've done the big downs, but <laughs> now we should go shorter. Yes. And show you a know, leg,
1: it's fun. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and he'll, like, understand the things I like and don't like. And we've worked together for a while where I'm like, I don't like these kind of, like, neck things or, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um and he knows the things that flatter me he knows my body mm-hmm. he him and his grandma work together oh, that's sweet yes uh-huh. that's amazing <laughs> And whenever they have free time, grandma's always like, let's make something for Sancho. Oh, my God. <laughs> Aww, I
2: love grandma. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did he help create the dress that you wore for that shoot that we used for the graphic for the show?
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, that so funny
2: story on that, it. too, because I think I saw on your Instagram that Giselle Hernandez shot those yes. photos. So Giselle and I actually went to school together. No way. Which is so funny. We both went to Art Center, uh-huh. and I met her briefly. Small we world. didn't have any classes because she was in photo. Uh-huh. But it was such a small world. I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. So how do you know Giselle? Before we go to the next question, uh-huh. that was
1: just, I, I needed well, to ask. I just need to know.
0: <laughs> Giselle had asked me to be a part of one of her photo shoots um, that she got to display at Grand Park. hmm And I saw that she made, for every single person that she shot, she made, like, a set.
2: Yeah. Um, wow.
0: And... The photo that we got out of this was used for the Red Bull Music Festival, for the Getty. Everybody wanted that photo. Mm-hmm. so It's a great, great photo. So when yeah. I thought of um, who I was going to have shoot my album photo, I was like, well, Giselle. Like, yeah. I already have this epic photo from her that I did. She gets it. It's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she gets the telenovela. She... She really she can
1: bring the drama that you need. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> her
2: her photography has a very cinematic look to it. Yeah. So it works so perfectly with that telenovela kind exactly. of look that you want to go with.
0: And she's a genius with the lighting. I yeah. just saw her be very particular, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she had, like, two assistants. And I was like, this is this is exactly what I need. And when we did the telenovela shoot, she had somebody working on, on the whole... Um, scenery Mm -hmm. you know like we shot it at a studio and everyone's like where where did you shoot that and it's like (laughs) like they actually created the walls the windows everything wow everything was
1: taken into Uh consideration that's so cool Okay, so to go oh, so back, that was really paid off. <laughs> <laughs> to go
2: back to your album La Luz de la Esperanza, it received a glowing review from Pitchfork, mm-hmm. um, and they they're, right, they're harsh, yeah, they're man. like they're notoriously harsh. known to they be yeah. very <laughs> harsh. So, do do you care about recognition from these kinds of music blogs, such as Pitchfork, or does it not matter? Like, I what mean, is it?
0: it's exciting, you know. Yeah, it is exciting, but you know, like. You always have to tell yourself that numbers don't really mean anything mm-hmm. and these things. Mm-hmm. Music is so subjective. Totally. Yeah. Like, it's like beauty. Like, like how could you really put a number to it?
2: Yeah, um, That's why I don't care for award shows either. Uh-huh. Cause it's, yeah. like, it's just such a subjective thing. How, how could you like, reward something that probably isn't even what somebody else is interested in? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it just yeah. is kind of, I don't know.
0: It was on exciting. A it was very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm.
1: for them, I think they get it wrong sometimes too. They also are super mean, like I said, and I feel like want to go for the jugular with a lot of these artists. Like, yeah. ooh, their Louis Tomlinson review, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it hurt me, and I don't care anything about him at all. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, at the very least, it's I'm just happy for you because like big, big recognition, yeah. yeah. and, and the- that I'm sure a lot more people like the people you want to mm-hmm. connect to are seeing your music now and and yeah. connecting to it. So that's good.
0: And the way these things work, like you need like a stamp of approval to like get which is somewhere so, else. So which dumb. Is- But you can
1: put that in your bio pitchfork. Exactly. (laughs) Which
0: I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. And it was very exciting. I can't lie. I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) I can't believe this happened. (laughs) Happy dance. To me. (laughs) (laughs) To me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's
2: get back to our last music break. We will be back with... Sancha, we have just one more question to go and then we're gonna get to this live mm. performance oh, which we I'm are so So excited. About. <laughs> so excited. All right, we will be right back. This is she said so LA Radio. Oh, wow.
1: to She Said So LA Radio. So we just have one last question for you before mm-hmm. this amazing live performance. Epic. Epic. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we want more. We want more. Where can we see you next? Do you have any shows coming up? What's oh, next yeah. for Sancha?
0: So we're doing a noise pop run um, where we're doing Sacramento, Santa Cruz, San Francisco. Okay. And that's uh, February 26th in Sacramento at mm-hmm. Harlow's. The 27th um, at the Catalyst in Santa Cruz and then the 28th at Slim's in San Francisco. Cool. And then we come back and we do uh, Pappy and Harriet's. <gasps> nice. When? Mm-hmm. On March 2nd. March Mark 2nd? your calendars, oh, people. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I
1: love mm-hmm. Pappy's. In Town, Joshua Tree. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. My friend got married like right down the street from, from Pappy and Harriet's. Oh, it's cool. such a cool
0: area. I love mm-hmm. it there. Um, and then... We are doing South by Southwest. <gasps> Yay! Um, so stay tuned for the dates. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we are doing um, Dumble. Is it Tambo in Tucson on April 24th? Mm-hmm. And then we're doing Chicago, the Museum of Mexican Art, um, cool. on the 25th of April.
1: You're hitting, like, all my favorite cities.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Any new Austin music so coming bad. out anytime soon? Um, Are we're you ho- working on anything? We're hoping to release something um, in the
2: summer. Ooh, Very cool. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. People have something to look forward to. Yeah. Oh, I
0: need that. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. through to the summer. A little something. <laughs> A little bit of something.
2: <laughs> well, this was so wonderful, Sancha. We're so excited for yes. this live performance. Is there anything that people should expect? Like, what is this going to be like, this live performance?
0: Very intimate. Very, very, I love yes. the sound of that. That mm-hmm. sounds wonderful.
2: <laughs> We're going to go to church. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Repent, <laughs> everyone. I'm ready. On your knees.
1: My confession. <laughs> oh, oh my God. That was great. Was that a flea bag reference? <laughs> <know>. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. So we'll oh. get set up over here yeah. and then live music coming at you soon. Yes. On She Said So LA so, Radio. So exciting.
3: Yes.
2: conversation was produced by DubLab, a nonprofit radio station broadcasting live from Los Angeles since 1999.
0: Sound editing and theme song by Mateo Bain. For more programming, visit dublab.com and thank you for listening.